is the 9th of September, exactly a month ago. On the 9th of August, Rodolfo Castro came back to the majors, and since then, he's been one of the top 20 hitters in all of Major League Baseball. What does that mean? If anything, good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins that I hope you'll check out. The Pirates are back in action tonight at PNC Park for a weekend set with the Cardinals. That ought to go well. Those always do, right? Okay, enough of my preview. Castro has been the guy of late, kind of quietly because the team's been so bad since the All-Star break that you haven't seen those, uh, you know, heroic type moments that catch your eye or make it onto the highlights uh, or, you know, one-handed bombs into the Allegheny and things like that that'll get people's attention. But when you're talking about an 874 OPS, you're talking about a 565 slug, you're talking about an awful lot of barrel-to-ball action. And most impressive, and if this sounds cynical, I really don't care at this point, given the way the team has done, he has overcome the Andy Haynes thing, where a prospect comes up from Indianapolis after they'd been hitting well down there, and they hit great for about a week, and then they're around Haynes too long or something, and they go right into the tank, and the Pirates look for some kind of reason to banish them again because it couldn't possibly be the big league hitting coach's fault. Castro has done extremely well. He also has played a more consistent, steady brand of second base. And if you're one of those people who's only going to remember Castro's season for the cell phone thing or for the other brain cramps that contributed, I have no doubt of this, despite Ben Charrington's denial on this front, had him go back to Indy because he just didn't always have his head in the game. There have been no such issues since he's come back. He's appeared to be a different player, both in the batter's box and in the field. And if you want to throw in the other variable as well, he looks like he's grown up a bit. And in turn, between that and the fact that Nick Gonzalez, the Former first-round pick of Charrington has dropped out of Baseball America's Top 100 entirely as a prospect. Maybe we're not as sure as to who this team's future second baseman is as it might have seemed just, what, I don't know, a couple months ago? This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of... Steak on a stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. I got to tell you, there's something to be liked about Castro, and it obviously began with that string of five home runs 
when he was initially called up to the majors last year. Anyone who can come up to the top level of ball and to do it right out of double A, which he did, and I guess you could call it a strut, strut like that on that stage, that's someone who's got a little bit of uh, something extra to them, both from a performance and a personality standpoint. That's not something that you want to suppress. You do want to make sure that he's doing things right, which is why I did not at all fault the Pirates for sending him back on that count. But when you see someone who's young, and by the way, Castro's only 23, and they're flexing in that way, you let them do it. You let them do it. You saw, my friends, the double play that he turned in Milwaukee with O'Neill Cruz. We can all talk about Cruz throwing that ball a zillion miles an hour, or even at the other end, Michael Chavis with the crazy plastic man stretch to end that game that night against the Brewers. But if Castro doesn't have a little bit of that moxie, to use an old Lloyd McClendon term for those of you who go way back with the Buccos, if he doesn't have that, then he's not thinking to himself that there's two there. And when I went to his stall up there in Milwaukee, that was the main question that I had for him, which is, were you thinking two? And he's got, Cruz sitting right next to him. Cruz is paying attention to what we're talking about. And he motions over to Cruz and says, yeah, because I have him. And and there has to be a cockiness there on top of the confidence. There has to be a cockiness there. That, yeah, of course we can do that. Why wouldn't we be able to do that? So that Castro goes back on that ball. He's going to his left, but he spins around. He does the turn. He does the turn, which was such a big, big part of that play. I'm getting a little too caught up in his defense, but you you hear what I'm saying here. If you have yourself a second baseman who can field the position at even a reasonable level, and he can show the kind of consistent pop, never mind the production, but the pop out of that position, he's going to stay there. He's not going to be moved to the outfield where the Pirates seemingly already have a lot of guys. He's going to stay right there in the infield. And if you want to fret over whether or not Cruz can stay at short, then you haven't been watching him, I say respectfully. You just haven't been watching him. He's staying there. He's not moving anywhere. Now, if you want to look at the infield overall and wonder if you're going to get the kind of consistent Defense that you'd want to have up the middle infield, eh, you might not, okay? You, you're not going to get gold gloves out of these guys. You're only going to get that out of third base. But you're also going to be getting way more pop than you'll be getting out of third base. Hmm? You see where I'm going here? You have an infield that might not be the most conventional, but might be the one that gets you the same overall overarching result. And you can get it for a long time to come. So let's see Castro finish out this season. No silliness, no veterans, no waiver guys ahead of him. Let's see him finish out the 2022 season at second base, working with his longtime best friend, Cruz, in the middle infield, developing even more of a rapport than they've got already, and see if there's some value to be had going into 2023. When we come back, J1Q... 
Jeff, who asks, question DK is, what in the world does Jeevan Bai have to do to get called up and then to actually play in the Pirates lineup once he's here, especially with what he's done at Indianapolis? It seems more than others who've been brought up to Pittsburgh at different points this season. Why? What gives? I'm confused. Are you as well? Jeff, I... I, I uh, Confused is too strong a term here because by doesn't come across as a completed product. He does have a very high batting average. You know what I think of batting average. He doesn't have the, the power numbers that you'd want overall with eight home runs in 380 at-bats. It is a home run league right now. To read you his overall slash marks, 297 batting average, which is obviously very good. 365 on base percentage, which is obviously also very good, fueled by having 40 walks against 75 strikeouts over those 380 at-bats, and an 810 OPS, which is also very good. But if there's something more to be had there, and I've heard from the Pirates that they expect that there is something to that end, then you don't bring him up, Jeff, and I'll defend the Pirates on stuff like this relentlessly. You don't bring him up just because he's better than someone who's currently here. You don't say, well, he's better than you, Chang, if there's something legitimately to be learned at the indie level that can't happen in the majors. This is the distinction that I I feel like I have a hard time making it clearly enough. When I say that someone like Jack Sawinski shouldn't be sent back to the minors because he doesn't have a whole lot to learn down there, and you can't when you've hit 14 bombs in two months in the bigs, I see that more of an issue of development at the major league level, referring yet again to the major league hitting coach. But when I see someone like Bai, he has yet to make it. And it looks and feels like peripherally his production combined with his patience really ought to result in more pop than it has then you wouldn't want to pull the plug on that process before it had a chance. Did that make sense? It did in my head, Jeff, I swear. I do think that the Pirates see by as a legit prospect, even though he doesn't really crack the rankings much in that context. I do think that they're aware, after his first full season in AAA, that it's a positive that he was able to produce the way that he did. But I also think that they've seen a player like Cal Mitchell, and maybe Mitchell's one of the guys that you had in mind when you said other players who've come up that, that maybe haven't been uh, putting forth the kind of numbers that Bai has in Indy. Cal Mitchell comes up, and you can just see in Mitchell that there's more of a polish to his game than most guys who come up. Uh, really heady kid, really, really baseball aware, uh, has that natural, good-looking swing. Doesn't always make contact with it, but it, it sure looks pretty. You know what I'm talking about. I do believe that there are factors to that end. I also believe, here it comes again, you knew it was coming. They need a hitting coach at the big league level for any of this stuff to matter over the long term. I appreciate the question. 
Jeff, I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one of these after the St. Louis sweep this weekend.